I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. This is Amberly Lyons, your chakra expert, energy and crystal connoisseur, and your trusty spiritual BFF. I'm also the founder of Chakra Girl Co., a platform giving you all the tips and inspo to be intentional AF, to live your best life, and balance your chakras. Today, we are chatting with Jessa Hinton. I freaking love her so much. She's a very blunt and open-minded social media influencer in the LGBTQ community. She is a model and a public speaker, and she's just become a really dear friend and supporter, and I just love knowing her so much. We got into a really deep, powerful, and unique heart to heart. Um, it's just a very heartwarming episode, you guys, and it's a must listen. Okay. We're talking about Jess's journey from waitress to playboy model and ambassador to mega influencer. We're talking about being a mom and becoming a foster parent when you have your own business. Uh, Jess is sharing some of the realness of the LGBTQ struggles in today's world. Like, can you believe there's still struggles? It's 2018 Jesus. And we're talking about just like being real, being goofy, being sexy, and not giving a fuck what anyone else thinks. I have been getting so many messages about my meditation bundle, so I'm going to plug it here really quickly. The women that are using my meditations are reporting that they're making more money, they have more energy, they feel sexier and more powerful, and all it takes is hanging out with me and meditating for 7 to 12 minutes a day. I'd say that's worth it, guys. My meditations were made for women just like you to work through your chakra blocks and activate your chakra superpowers, and I'm giving you guys $10 off, so go grab them. Go to chakragirlco.com, select, select meditations, and the coupon code is podcast. Also, guys, if you want to start a business, I'm running a program called Chakra Girl Business School. I'm taking a really cool group of women on a journey for four months to unblock your chakras and launch your business. Plus, we're going to party in LA together at the end. So DM me if that sounds like you, if you know you need to start a biz, but you're feeling a little blocked and I got you. 
Oh, okay, guys, I'm feeling so good today. I hope you are too. I went to yoga. I had a bunch of people cancel calls. I've been watching reality shows and I just have lots of exciting things on the horizon. I'm feeling so blessed. And the funny thing is that it's like American Thanksgiving and I'm sitting here feeling so grateful, even though I'm Canadian. Anyways, I want to just say that I'm so effing grateful for all of you guys listening. I would not be here without you. Um, I don't mean like here on this earth, like I wouldn't die or anything, but I would not be able to do what I'm doing. <laughs> I love what I'm doing. I love this podcast. I love my business and I love spreading the gospel of chakras throughout the modern millennial world. And um, yeah, I mean, I just want to thank you guys for the support and the love. It really, really, really means the world to me. And just thank you so much for tuning in each week and being my BFF. Um, my my BFF, Jennifer Jaden, sent me the most lovely message today. I literally happy cried and I never happy cried. Just like a message about how she's so grateful for me. Oh my God, it was so cute. I'm being so sappy today. Oh my God, I need to like go road rage on someone or something to balance myself out. Um, but seriously though, my love language is words of affirmation, guys. So you know that... I just like to hear nice things. I tell you guys that all the time. But I got the meanest message on Instagram. I laughed so hard, though. Um, <laughs> some crazy person commented on one of my photos, and this is what she said. She said, I can't listen to you. You sound so annoying, and everything you say is BS. <laughs> I literally died laughing, you guys. That would have, like, really bugged me before, but, you know, I like to thank my trolls. Today on this American Thanksgiving, I'm thanking my trolls. Um, but I invite all you guys to send me nice messages to make me feel better. And I'll send you a nice message back. I feel like that's what the world needs right now. Spreading love to each other, not hate. Um, and yeah, so follow me on Instagram, Shock Girl Co. If you want to review, review the podcast, say something nice, I'm down for that too. But let's just like be nice, guys. <sighs> Anyways, chakra tip of the jour. Okay, this is not super extravagant or insightful, but I want to challenge you guys to go to yoga like one time per week. Yoga is such a big part of who I am, but I always categorized it as my workout before. And I felt like I kind of just stopped doing it because I felt like I was getting better like body results from seeing a trainer. So I just kind of stopped going to yoga. But I'm like, hey, it's not about the body for goodness sake. It's so much more than that. So I'm going to be going once a week. I want you guys to hold me accountable to that. If you guys want to do some kind of like once a week yoga challenge, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Um, okay, let's talk about our chakra shout out. Okay. I'm obsessed with all things beauty. I'm obsessed with all things Kardashians. I'm obsessed, obsessed with Justine Marjan. She is celebrity hairstylist. She's like BFFs with Chloe. She does all the Kardashians hair. She's amazing, but she's also super spiritual and sweet. And she's become super successful because of all of her energetic work that she does on herself. Like she's super into yoga and meditating and all that kind of stuff. So she actually came out with a line of hair accessories in collaboration with Kitsch. And the, crist the hair accessories have crystals in them, which are so good for grounding. So it's a hematite crystal that she used. And they're so blingy and shiny. And I'm so obsessed. They're just like totally lit. I'm going to post some stories and pictures of them. She sent me some. <laughs> I feel super cool. Um, so you can see them and I'm going to link you guys in the show notes, but they're like pave and they've got fun words on them like glam and dripping and damn. 
Um, and then there's some that are just like bobby pins, but with, they're like super sturdy and good quality and they've got crystals on them. Hello. Um, I'm actually doing a photo shoot with photo shoot photo shoot with those hair accessories, and I'm really excited. Okay, my dog's barking. I, I I'm not gonna edit this. We're just going with it. Um, anyways, I'm gonna show you guys pictures. They're gonna look amazing. And I interviewed Justine recently, and she's gonna be that episode will be airing soon. So stay tuned. All right, let's go get into the episode with Miss Jessa Hinton. She's such a babe. Go follow her. She's so funny. She posts the best memes. Like, you need to become friends with her and experience all her greatness. Love you guys. You're going to love this episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Shaka Girl Radio. We are here today with a freaking bombshell that I'm obsessed with, Jessa Hinton. She is a very blunt, open-minded social media influencer. She's a single mom in the LGBTQ community, model, public speaker. She does everything, guys. She also just posts the funniest memes and captions, and I just die at her Instagram. <laughs> Plus, she's hot AF. Jessa and I became fast friends on social media, and she's one of the most authentic, kind, and sweet Instagram influencers I've come across, and I just love her so much. So welcome to the show, Jessa. Thank you for having me. I know we became friends real quick. Real quick. <laughs> I think we just said, why aren't we friends yet? <laughs> yeah, it, it was the slide into the DMs kind of situation. Yeah, we're totally. like, all right, now we're best friends. Now we're best friends. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I feel like most of my like real authentic best friends have come from that way. It's hard also when you work so much, you don't really get to meet people exactly. when you do. You're in social settings like, you know, networking, networking events. And I think people are already coming in with their guard up a little yeah. bit. So social media is the easiest way now that stories are available to see people, you know, in their true form and their personality. And that's yeah. where you kind of slide in the DMs like we are pretty similar. We should hang out. Exactly. What do you, what do you think? Exactly. <laughs> and I feel too like... I'm kind of, I feel like I'm a little awkward in person in a big group setting. So like, I can't really be myself at a networking event. Like people aren't really going to get the full situation until you actually just sit down. I'm the same exact yeah. way. You walk in and you have people and I have a lot of girls that come up to me that are like, oh my God, I saw you, you know, at this event, but I was scared to say hi. I'm like, you guys know me though. Like yeah. if you, if you want to come up, I will give you the biggest hug. Exactly. We will take pictures. But when you walk in, you don't know what the energy is going to be like. Yeah. So you kind of feel it out. And sometimes the best way for you to cope is to be quiet and be more of a, an observer rather mm -hmm. than to just steal attention. You can see those people that are walking in totally. like, look at me. Yeah. Like, nope, I'm going to be by the bar. Yeah, so if you exactly. want to find me, I'll be by the bar. I'm like a grab one person and have a conversation about meditation type of gal. I like that. No, <laughs> I like conversations it. about life over cocktails with one person in the corner. <laughs> and you know, what's funny is it's so I've been in LA for about seven years. And when I first moved here, I really thought that I had 5 million friends, you know, and that's when Instagram first became big. And I was already in the, the social media world. And then as you get older, and I think as you become more aware of just being in tune with yourself, you start to feel up more energy than anything else. And I really, I, I considered myself more blind to that because I wanted to see the good in everybody. So mm -hmm. I would make excuses for a lot of people that were just negative or that were, um, kind of there for the wrong reasons. So now when I go into events, that's the first thing that I do is I trust my gut. And if I go there alone, I have no problem going up and, and starting a conversation. I've done that many times mm -hmm. with women that I just feel have good energy. Mm -hmm. And from there, it kind of helped me, you know, kind of sort through all of the shit in my life. Okay, can I curse? Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry. We okay, encourage okay. it. We okay. encourage it. <laughs> um, it. You kind of can start to um, sift through all of the shit that's going on in every other part in your mm -hmm. life. So that for me was an eye opener, just not liking LA so much because of the people and the, the facade. But then once you start to accept that everybody's here 
and they're even worried to let down their own guard, it's easier for you to connect with um, people on a, on a deeper level. Yeah. And you can kind of be a part of the healing of the culture too. I love that. Being the warm one. I love it. Okay. Let's get into some slumber party questions. I'm, I'm all for that. Go right ahead. <laughs> Truth or dare. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, I think I need to add that into my podcast. I was going to say about wine. Where's the wine yeah. for Truth or Dare? <laughs> okay. What is your daily ritual? Um, you know, what's weird is I never really had one until recently. So my son, I have a son, he's 10 Mm -hmm. years old, Mm -hmm. and I'm in the process of becoming a foster parent. So that is going to completely change my my daily ritual. But as of now, I get up at six o'clock every morning, he gets ready for school, I kind of have time to toss and turn for a little Mm -hmm. bit until he's like, Mom, we need we need to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, Take him to school. If I can, I try to get to the gym if I don't have to work. Come home, um, emails first thing, and I always put on music. Usually, it's like '80s, like Genesis and Phil Collins, kind of to get yeah. my mood a little, uh, a little happy. And then um, I try to read at least three chapters every single day of oh, wow. some kind of book. So on the, I have a, a list of twelve books I wanted to read by January first. I don't think I'm going to hit that, <laughs> but that's been another thing for me is that I've stopped going out so much at night or even just dinners, and I've really had to focus on reading because. I felt that I was slipping away from who I initially wanted to be when I moved here. And I became more of the girl that's going out every single night. So it turned into me just having wine with a girlfriend or so at my house and then making sure that I read every single day. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely something that I need to keep up with, whether I become a foster mom or not, is making sure that I take time to read because that really is like my meditation for me. Mm, I love that. And I totally agree. Like, I feel like if I lived here, like, I don't know how I would keep it together. Like, there's always something going on. It, there is an event every single day and you kind of have to be weary of what you choose yeah. to go to because again I, I just feel that you can you can sense if something's going to be good for you in your career or not but I think people feel so obligated you know because they were invited they have to go they have to go mm-hmm. there's always going to be something but then at the end of the day that's time you can't get back so the yeah. more especially because I love to empower females um, single moms women that do you know women that do it all that have businesses they have to take time for themselves. And for me, some women like yoga, some women like to actually physically meditate. I'm all about reading. And Mm -hmm. if you ask a lot of females in LA, the last book that they read, you're going to get the secret. That's the only book that they say. Does Cosmo count? No, 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 no. no. What's the last (laughs) book that you read that really like either spoke to you or helped you advance in some way, shape um, or form of your life? And a lot of women can't answer that. So when people ask me, you know, what advice do you have for you know, female entrepreneurs, I'm like, read, yeah. just just get as much information and knowledge as you can, because you will never say that that was wasted time. So true. And I feel like every time I'm reading something, I'm learning what I was meant to learn. And I'm like, how the hell did I know to pick up this book? No coincidences. Yep. I know. It's mm-hmm. so wild. So what are you reading right now? Um, I'm The Power of Now, I mm-hmm. tend to go through... Um, like I'll skim it and then I'll, I'll go back. And then a lot of people were telling me about the, I'm going to say your name wrong, Jen Sincero. Sincero? Oh, she, Jen, yeah, okay. Sincero. Uh, Sincero. Is that what it is? Jen so you Sin- are a badass? Yeah, you are a badass. So Love now I, that book. But I got the book, um, You're a Badass at Making Money. Okay, I yeah, I haven't read that one, but I've heard that it's, people prefer that one to the other one. I just started it. Mm. So that's one that I'm um, just starting right now. And I like it. It's very similar to the other one. Um, but stuff like that, that actually makes me think, I've read The Alchemist like, five times it doesn't click with me everybody Mm. keeps telling me that it's just not the right time in my life so I just started rereading that too Um, but that hasn't been a calling uh, to me a new earth like I I like those kind of books so anything that can help me 
feel like I'm grounded in LA is all about, I'm all about that. Yeah. So I was saying to my friend, cause I was in Hawaii last week and I was like, I've not, I was like, I feel so calm on this vacation. And like, I'm like, oh, what is it? I'm like, it's cause I'm not in LA. <laughs> like yeah. usually like yeah. when I go away, it's to LA. And like, I just think it's the energy here. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Cause I think that can be really positive that there's like a really like crazy vibe in the air, but you have to do the things to keep you grounded while you're here. I was so gung-ho on being an anti-LA person, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to love it. You know, I have family here. Um, My son goes to school here. He loves it. And the amount of opportunity in LA is unbelievable. I mean, the the type of people you can meet. But I think because all my energy was like, I hate LA. I wish I could live somewhere else. I was kind of like shying away from any opportunity that could have been a good one because I was putting out the negative energy of hating LA. It's not LA that I hate. It's not all the people that I hate. It's what I was allowing into my life and continuing. I was continuing to keep those people in and those, um, I guess, events and stuff like that. I was allowing it to happen. So once you really start to figure out who you are and what you want, LA can be a great place. Mm -hmm. I think it is. It's just you have to surround yourself with the the light that you want. Yeah. And I'm spiritual. I'm not crazy spiritual. But I do think that um, as you get older, you start to realize what's important and what's not. So true. I feel like I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> what is a guilty pleasure that you indulge in that you think good spiritual people probably don't do? Oh, well, what, this new thing that I just found, it's probably going to repulse a lot of you guys. <laughs> it is blue cheese stuffed olives, but oh. just in a in a jar like I don't put them in drinks I just eat them I out of the jar I think that's amazing it's it's so gross and delicious <laughs> at the same time I don't know what it is but what I, is it with that like it's something that's so I, I'm the same way with blue cheese I'm like Ugh, but like I love it's like why are we so gross I don't know why I got it at Ralph's I just walked by and I don't like olives I'm not really into martinis I'm like a whiskey kind of girl yeah. so I just walked by and I was like hmm, that's interesting and now it's every single time I go and I go to Ralph's pretty often <laughs> um I've been picking those up and I have no idea why but that that to me, I think is is kind of like you sneak it and don't tell people that yeah. you're, you're downing a jar of blue cheese stuffed olives. So that's embarrassing. Are you just you like go. eating it right out of the jar? I got little fancy pickers, okay, you know, the so hors d'oeuvres. That's classy. Pickers. I find this classy. So so I'm making excuses <laughs> you're and you're like, it's fine. It's no, fine, you're, it's you're, fine. you're not doing it with your fingernails. Yeah. I'm not gonna say that I haven't done yeah. that. But I went in. Yeah, I went to, to Ralph's and got some pickers. Had a girl. <laughs> Okay, let's talk more about you. Tell us about your journey to influence. Like, where did you start on your entrepreneurship and everything? I so I came from nothing. Like mm-hmm. my my whole family, we lived here in Northridge um, when the earthquake hit. Mm-hmm. So I'm the eldest of five, and we lost everything. Our apartment was condemned. Um, I grew up with five kids in one bedroom for a very wow. long time. Um, my stepfather helped raise me since I was four years old. I don't speak to my biological dad. So we lost everything and we moved to Lancaster. And if you guys live here, um, you'll know that Lancaster, I feel like, is meth capital of the world. Mm. I'm the only one out of my family that got out of there. They're still up there and all of the kids are grown and raised with kids of their own. So I kind of just wanted to break away and I moved to Vegas when I was 21. I just packed up a U-Haul. I'm like, I'm going to leave. You know, I just I need to get out of here. Lived in Vegas for about six years met my ex-husband, had my son. Um, and then a girl, I was cocktailing at a nightclub and a girl asked me if I ever thought about doing Playboy. I kind of laughed. I was like, okay, like I'm 26 years old. I'm like grandma years for Playboy. <laughs> um, divorce with a kid. Like, yeah, that's funny. And she had submitted my pictures and she was a playmate. Mm-hmm. And they called me and asked me to come down and test. And everybody that I talked to was like, that's like amazing. Like nobody, they want like 18, 19 year old girls, you know, and, and not with kids. And so I flew down and tested and became a playmate. 
And that was a roller coaster. I don't regret it. I It's hard because I have a son. Mm-hmm. And so I know that that's going to come up, you know, mm-hmm. I raise him very, very open and liberal. Like we talk, you know, about everything. When I mean everything, things I don't want to talk to him about, but he asks me questions. I have to be a good mom <laughs> and I have to answer him because he's at that age. Um, but that's the thing that kind of catapulted me. Like I was working so much for Playboy, not in the magazine so much, but as a brand ambassador. So I was traveling all over the world representing Playboy. I was going to China. I was going to Japan. I was in Australia, New Zealand, all these places. And only a few girls actually get to go and become brand ambassadors. A lot of them just do the magazine and then they're done. Yeah. Um, and so I turned down ever posing again for them. But I loved meeting all of these influential people. I love networking. I liked, I love to travel. Um, and so from there, because I worked so much, I was a TV host for boxing. I was a TV host for poker. I just used Playboy as kind of like a stepping stone. And I didn't really know what influencers were. It just kind of fell into my lap. And I don't like to use the term influencer because I still feel on my part, I'm not doing enough to influence people in a good light. You know, I'm still really trying to find what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, yeah, I produce some fire memes. I'm not going to lie. That's like, that's my, that's, that's what makes me happy every single day. But um, all I want to do is be as open and honest as I can in a world or at least in a city that's full of bullshitters. It's full of this perfect life. And my life is far from perfect. And if I can inspire women, if I can inspire mothers, I mean, I, I, my greatest opportunity happened past my prime. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I was pushing almost 30, Mm -hmm. working more than I've ever worked as a 20, 21-year-old, 22-year-old, making more money than I ever had. Mm -hmm. So if I can inspire women to look at themselves and say, it's not too late, I want to go back to school or I want to do this or I want to do that, but I have kids. It's like, no, 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 you can do it all. Trust me. I thought that I couldn't. And because I believe that I could, that should happen for me. And it's still happening for me. Yeah. Do you think sometimes people use kids as an excuse? 100%. Yeah. It's fear. It's fear-based. And Mm -hmm. I've, I've been guilty of it. So that's why I see all of these motivational speakers and all of these people that are like, yes, you can do it. I believe in you. It's like, no, like I would love to motivate people, but trust me, I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, this shit's hard, you know, and, and you do have to balance. When I was doing Playboy and traveling, I lost a lot of time with my son. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's time I can never get back. And did it help shape my life and give me or allow me the opportunities to provide a better life from now? Yeah, like 100%. But I still I'm still guilty. Like I still feel sad. So there's things that you're going to battle with, whether you have kids or not, whether you choose to wait to go to school or not. You're going to always have things that you wish you would have done differently. Mm. But all you have to do is look for if I don't do it, am I going to hate myself later on? Mm. If I don't try this, will I regret it on my deathbed? That's the one thing. And for me, if I would have been a stay at home mom and chose not to do it, I would have regretted and maybe just stayed in Vegas and who knows where I would have been. So I definitely regret some things, but doing that wasn't one of them because my son turned out to be a fucking great kid and he has a great life. And I am just so grateful for every single experience I've ever gotten to, you know, experience. So what are your best tips for single parenting? Like when you have so much going on, like how are you balancing it? For me, and I don't know if this works for a lot of women, but I actually invite him to go with me to a lot of things. It's Mm -hmm. crazy because I didn't think that kids were really even allowed at things, but you don't know until you ask. And so he goes with me to shoots. Um, Whenever I have to take trips, I try to bring him. And a lot of times it's funny because I share so much of my struggle and my personal life on social media. He has fans of his own. Like I have, I have retreats that I go to that I speak at and people are like, bring him. Like, I love him. He's great. We can listen to 80s together. So he has a tribe of people that even stand by him because he is a little bit 
socially awkward like I am. Like we're very like we're nerdy. We're nuts. We like to laugh. We love dressing up in costume for like Comic Cons. So it's like those people we kind of fit in with the odd ducks. Mm -hmm. And I think that they like that and they want to encourage him to keep doing that instead Mm -hmm. of trying to fit in with all the cool kids and the jocks. So asking to involve your child is a great way to stay connected and have them kind of also experience how hard you work for them. Mm. So that's one thing that I would say is, yeah, definitely try to include your kid um, in as much stuff as you can. Mommy play dates are amazing. I used to hate them because I'd feel awkward. But now it's like I depend on my sanity for the moms that like to drink like I do. Um, I depend Mm -hmm. on that. Um, to have that kind of um, support when you're going through some shit. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Oh, I love that. So, and with being a mother too, you're like very like blunt and like you tell it like it is, which is amazing. So have you always been that way or was there kind of like a shift that way you were like, fuck it, I'm just going to say it? (laughs) No, and and a lot of women ask like, how are you so confident? Or like when I'm going through a breakup, how do you get through? Because I'm, again, in every life I'm, or every aspect of life, I'm I'm an open book. Like Mm -hmm. I like to really share things that make people uncomfortable because I know that there's a lot of people out there that have questions. But I grew up in a house that was not supportive. My stepdad worked two jobs, you know, to support five kids. Three of us weren't even his. Mm. Uh, My mom worked, but then was absent for a lot of my adolescent um, years. So I grew up having to be the mom to them. And so I learned real quick the rights and the wrongs and, you know, what, what a child should not have to go through, you know, I was put in that position. So I didn't have a voice to really, you know, ask for guidance or ask, you know, if my self-esteem was where it was supposed to be. Um, So being sheltered, I think it just kind of like it broke out of me. Like I, I had the leadership skills because I had to. But when I was like, you know, modeling, I was worried about my age. Mm-hmm. I was worried about having a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, there, every woman that has had a kid knows that there's a part of your stomach that just never goes back to the way it was mm-hmm. before. So when I was going on jobs in bikinis, you know, and I had people pinching me, I would feel very insecure. And there was one time, and I spoke about this on social media, I became, I was anorexic for one year because I was just so worried that my life was going to be taken from you. Everything was happening so well mm-hmm. that I was like, no, this can't be. Like something bad's going to happen. And so I was anorexic for a year. I was living off of, um, what, what was the cereal? Uh, honey bunches of oats mm-hmm. and coffee. Like oh those gosh. two things, like I, that was the only thing that I thought I should eat. So the thing that broke it, and that's when I just became so just enraged with how we view women, I went to an uh, audition for an agency. And I just moved to LA and remind, let me remind you guys that I was kicking ass. I was working every single day. So I go to an agency and she, I was, so I'm almost five, nine and I was probably 113 pounds and she was pinching things on me and she goes, come back when you lose eight pounds. Oh my gosh. I'm So I went home and I looked in the mirror. I'm like, where am I supposed to lose these eight pounds? And I just flipped my shit and I just, I posted, I'm like, guys, this agency didn't sign me because they asked me to lose eight more pounds. Where should I lose those eight pounds? And that's when I started speaking up. And and I talked about me being anorexic and I said, enough is enough. And I became more empowering um, with my own body. You know, mm-hmm. I'd look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm tired of just sitting there and judging how much I ate and, and my scale and the calories. And I said, just fuck it. And so from there on out, I was 28 I just started speaking up and I said, there's no way that anybody's going to tell me how to live my life, how to be a mom, how to travel, how to do this. I'm going to do it because I know I feel that it's right. Mm -hmm. And as a mom, that's what I do, too, for him. There's a lot of a lot of people that tell me that I shouldn't cuss in front of my son. Mm -hmm. There there are a lot of people that say I shouldn't date multiple people because, you know, my child's going to see me and then they're going to repeat it. There's a lot of people 
there are a lot of people that want to tell you how to live your Mm -hmm. life when they don't even have their own shit together. Mm -hmm. So I just tune out the negative and I really try to support, like I said, the misfits and the outcasts that just want to have a voice be heard Mm -hmm. and have somebody not judge them for the questions and the way that they're living. And I feel like that is your purpose. And I feel like that probably comes across more than you know. Uh, Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do have a good response, but at the same time, again, like the influencer, like I never really connected to that because I didn't feel like that. All I was doing was trying to be open and honest in hopes that other women would at least change their mindset or change their course of their life because there there are other people out there like them that, mm. that they can have like a little girl gang, you yeah. know, to support them. Totally. And that's all I ever really wanted to yeah. do. So what tips do you have for someone who's maybe at that low point, you know, that breaking point in their confidence or someone's telling them they're not good enough? How can they like step into their truth in like a fierce way? I go back to reading. I mean, that's yeah. what saves me yeah. a lot because there are some books that you can pick up and they just don't connect to you. And that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, maybe it's not that time in your life that yeah. you need that. But for me, whenever I feel lost, it, it was hard because I would fill, and I know a lot of people do this, I would fill voids of sadness or or my confidence being low with people, mm. with events, with things. So I would just start to accumulate um, a bunch of people or or I would just go, you know, to the movies. I would sh- kind of shift my, my sadness and my negativity because at that moment, I didn't have to feel anything. Mm. And I was like, no, this is not right. I come across as, as this tough, you know, dominant, which I, I mean, I am, but I have so many vulnerabilities as well. So what I started to do is really go back to reading and figure out, figure out what's wrong. Let myself feel those things. It's okay to cry, even though I hate saying that I cry. Like, it's okay to cry. And then learn from each thing that you go through. Mm-hmm. And it took me, Jesus, I'm going to be 34. It took me this long to really think like that because before like I said I was just filling shit with other shit Mm -hmm. and that's not healthy yeah yeah well I love that you've realized that because I think that's something a lot of people struggle with yeah so as a so you're a mother in the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. how have you always been outward about that yeah I came out I think as one of the first playmates to openly be bisexual and I hate the word bisexual and my son he even said he goes you know bisexual and I'm like I don't like that the word sexual is attached to it yeah I don't look at it in a sexual way so if anything again pansexual is another way to say bisexual except for um it's more about the person it's more about who they are rather than looks gender Mm. so bisexual is male female but pansexual is the person whether they you know identify as either or so for me I I've always liked girls I've always liked guys and it's there's no type I've never had a type because it had to be something about that person and growing up my son always knew that too his father's twin brother is gay he just Mm -hmm. got married Mm -hmm. um my makeup artist I have a ton of makeup artists that are gay like he's he's been around it and nothing has really bothered him he hasn't asked too many questions maybe when he gets a little older he'll have some but I just always have raised him that we like who we like and it's not our position to judge other people for who they fall in love with. And he has been okay with it since then. So Yeah, that's amazing. And we were uh, Jess and I were both at an event yesterday and Billy from Vanderpump Rules love her. was on the panel. She was amazing and she was really shedding light on the trans community and how, you know, what was the stat? Like thirty percent of trans are unemployed. Yeah. That is just shocking. Or 30% are, um, yeah, it was something along those lines. And a lot of people, when she travels, she said a lot of people are still living, you know, in fear. They're living in hiding. Mm -hmm. And I think because since I'm actually trying to foster 
Um, I've also learned that there are more in, in the foster care system, there are more gay teenagers living in fear, living still in the closet than they are living out and proud mm-hmm. in the foster care community. So a lot of teens that you think because we live in L.A., we see them all over the place. We're so accepting. No, that there's more gay teens or LGBTQ teens that are in the foster care system than there are happily living out loud. And that breaks my heart. Like that that is is the worst thing. I, as a parent, I I don't understand how you could exclude your child or not even just your biological child, any children for being just who they are. Mm. And that, that, that's so sad. And I wish that I could this morning I posted, I'm like, you know what, just fuck it. I'm going to buy a ranch and I'm going to build some skate ramps and I'm going to have some dance classes and I'm going to build a gymnasium and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to start a Kickstarter and we're just going to have like a big place. And I'm like, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. So I'm going to foster one kid. And then from there, so what I would love to do is maybe start a mentor program within Mm. the um, teen and preteen community for the foster care system and really show them that it's not, it's not your fault that you're there. It's not, you know, your parents might've been going through some shit. Who knows what their own demons are. But you don't have to have a future that is consistent with who you are right now. Like mm-hmm. you can change any road mm-hmm. that you want to go down. And if I can be somebody that says, look, I came from nothing. I worked my ass off. It was hard. But I could sit there and be like, oh, you know, my, my family didn't love me enough to do this. Or I, I wasn't going to have that. Mm-hmm. I was going to change the life for myself and for my future children. And I want to maybe hope that they could also do the same. I love that. And please do that. (laughs) I'm working slowly, but surely, yes. Oh my gosh. Um, So how, so as you're going through the foster process, are you able to specify that like you would like to have a, you know, gay or trans child? Yes. You, um, basically it's like a checklist. So you say what, um, you cannot specify, um, because it's discrimination, it's discrimination if you, have a child that even like doesn't know that they're gay. Like mm. you cannot send them back because one day they become gay. Like you can't yeah, do that. No. But you can you can um, ask for age. Okay. So like zero to three, and then you can go you know school age. You can go teenager. Um, but I believe faith and uh, sexual orientation uh, you cannot discriminate against. So for me, starting off, I want to do zero to three just because that's what my apartment allows me to have. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have your own room for right. that child. Okay. Um, but from there, I think that if I, you know, get a house or if, if I'm doing better in life and I can hope for this, you know, big ranch, then I would love to start reaching out to more of the teenage uh, community because, oh, I have some words for them that I hope would just, you oh. know, make them just feel or think a little bit differently. So that's my goal. That is amazing. So how, what was your thought process or decision process in going into the foster community? I've always loved being a mom. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm the, since I'm the eldest of five, I always grew up with a lot of siblings yeah. and I like that. Um, I thought that I would have, you know, four kids by now or yeah. at least, you know, two, but my son's 10 and I'm not totally shutting out the fact, you know, maybe if I got pregnant, have my own kid, that's fine. I looked into harvesting my eggs. I even looked into <laughs> going to a sperm bank and be like, all right, let's try this out. If it works, great. If it doesn't, fine. I'm not going to settle down or be in a relationship because I want more children. That's mm-hmm. not in the cards for mm-hmm. me. I'd rather do it alone, if anything. So researching, I looked into adoption and then foster care just kind of came into uh, came into my lap. And again, I don't believe in coincidences. Mm-hmm. Nothing hit me harder than that wake up call mm-hmm. to where it was like, no, this I, I want to foster. It is a hard process. A lot of people think like, oh, you can foster because, you know, you get a paycheck and this. No, no, no. They treat you like a criminal when you go in there. You have to do 30 to 40 hours of training. Um, the background check on, checks on you are ridiculous. 
if you and I are friends and you're over at my house a lot, you need a background check mm-hmm. to be around the foster child. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have to go work out of state, I can't because technically the child's not mine yet. So I have to be treated like a babysitter. I can't just leave and go work. Oh, So it's like your life is pretty much put on hold. And then you're just at the discretion of the courts and at the discretion of the uh, social worker. And it's kind of like they're already setting you up for failure because so many people have screwed over these kids so much. Mm. So I understand the process, but it is heartbreaking. It is so hard feeling like you're going in there and all you want to do is help. And they're just hitting you with, oh, well, you don't have, you know, a gate around your pool in your complex. Nope, you can't have a foster child. Mm. It's like, so now I have to move? Like Mm. I have to, so that's the only thing is, I don't think that everybody's cut out to be a foster parent, but I think the people that are strong enough to to sit through this uh, vigorous training and experience, it's going to be so worth it. Like if you can change one child, it's going to be yeah. so worth it. And I almost think that it's probably a blessing because people will really realize how much they actually want it if they are willing to jump through all the hoops. During my training, the orientation, there was maybe like 30 families and then through the whole training, maybe, I mean, each time that I went in, there were like less and less and less. So you really start to feel mm-hmm. like maybe... It, they were in it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. or they just they couldn't change their their lifestyle that much and me being a single mom I don't have somebody else like to help me out you know if I need to go work somewhere so that's something that also is going to hurt me travel wise but it's something I really want to do because I feel that is something I have to do like I just feel it in my in my bones mm, do you feel that they discriminate you being single I thought so, but no, no, okay. no. I feel like when you go and rent an apartment in LA, they discriminate more because they're like, oh, well, if you lose your job, you know, you don't have somebody else helping right. you out. No, I think that they also um, encourage the LGBTQ communities as well to help foster because, you know, they're like, well, we have a lot of youth. Mm. So maybe you guys could also be a mentor to them. So no, I thought that they were going to discriminate, but they didn't at all. What about having your own business? What about it? Are they like discriminative about that because it's not like a steady paycheck? No, No. basically they just want to make sure you have to give them your expenses. They just want to make sure that you're not doing it for a paycheck. Right. And depending on what age you take in or also the level of care that they need, if they're, you know, disabled, stuff like that, um, you get a higher um, reimbursement check. But honestly, I want to say it's like maybe $1,000 a month. So after all of your expenses, you know, formulas, diapers, all you're really not making anything money. So they want to make sure that you can pay for your way and you're not taking that $1,000 and getting the child no diapers, no Mm. clothes, no this, no that. Um, That's the only thing that they discriminate is make sure that you can pay your bills without the the support of, you know, the, the government. Well, you're going to be the best foster mom. Thank you. I can't wait for you. Thank you so much. So good. Okay, shifting gears a bit. You're hot AF. You were in Playboy. <laughs> like, yes, I did do that. You're super sexy. How Have you ever had to balance um, kind of like feeling sexually empowered as a woman and like people being judgmental of that? The only time I ever feel that is school events. Mm. Like that's the only time. And my son goes to a private school. So there are a lot of, you know, very good looking young moms. But I still feel my, I don't not my obligation, but I just don't want to make my son uncomfortable yeah. in any way because he is at such this, you know, critical age yeah. where it's puberty and all that yeah. and his friends. So, you know, I think that for him, I don't say that I tone it down because I, I come across as very sexual, but... I'm honestly like not like my own personality yeah. is just more like I said nerdy and, and we're goofy at home but because that's you know the stuff that I've done playboy and and I've done lingerie modeling mm-hmm. people just assume yeah so I just for you know respecting him when I go to school events I cover I don't wear tank tops like stuff like yeah. that but no when I go out in public I think that 
guys are even intimidated to come up to me or, or hit on me because I come across as so dominant, dominant masculine, because that's just my personality mm-hmm. when it could just be a defense mechanism, you yeah. know, keeping walls up. But I'm I'm very comfortable in who I am and in yeah. my own skin. Yeah, I feel like even like posting on Instagram, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should post this. Are people going to like judge me? But it's like, no, you need to just own it. No, and women love to see empowered women. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like we're at such this for women, it's so great because we are empowering women more and we're, mm-hmm. and we're cheering and we're standing beside. There are still some catty girls that you're just like, oh, if I could just help you, you know, c- exactly. be comfortable in your own skin, I will. And yeah. you'll get the trolls. But for the most part, people want to see you living living your best life. <laughs> they want to see you doing great. They want to yeah. see you feel sexy. They want to see you, you know, uh, receiving um, praise and, and, and getting those like, yes, girl, like mm-hmm. we all want to see that for yeah. each other. So I think that, you know, don't don't feel ashamed or embarrassed or wonder if people are going to say it's too much because if you're happy, they're going to be happy. They're following mm-hmm. you for you. Yes. Show it off, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Let's move into our next segment. It's called Manic Moments and Manifesting, okay. where we talk about our last meltdown and okay. the last thing we manifested. Okay. So I'll go first. Um Mine's not that crazy because I have to record three of these today, but <laughs> I don't have that many meltdowns. Um, but yesterday, okay, so... I'm just like a freak about sleep. Like if I don't get my eight hours, like I'm just not my best self. Okay. And I woke up at 5 a.m. and just could not fall back asleep. I've had the worst like insomnia since I basically went to Paris. I went to Paris in September and I've just not readjusted. Mm. And so I woke up at 5 a.m. And then the more I stress about not being able to sleep, then the less I can actually sleep. And I felt like I had like adrenaline pumping through my body. And I was like, I just need to get up. And I just got up and I was like, I'm just going to deal with it. But I was so tired. And then I was speaking at that event. Mm -hmm. That's why I was like, so I was just so nervous about it. But yeah, it worked out. Oh, no, you did great. I would never have <laughs> Thank known. You. Oh, my God. No, I was feeling the worst, but I made it happen. Um, what I've manifested. So I feel like I have like a crew in L.A. now. It's so nice. <laughs> and I was saying I had I, before this time last year, I had only been to L.A. once. And that was like with my husband on the way to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And as of this time last year, I've been here, I think, eight or nine times. Okay. And I have like friends now. Like yesterday I was like, I walked into that room and there were people there that I didn't know that were going to be there supporting me. Like you were there yeah. and like other people that I knew. And I was like, oh my God, I have an LA crew. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we're so happy nice. that you're here more often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been really nice. I was just kind of like a bunch of us went out for dinner after and I was, I was kind of like the hub of the group. Cause I was like, oh, I know this person from one place. And like everyone, I was like introducing people to other people. And I was like, wow. Oh, this is so cool. You're a connector. <laughs> I'm no, a that's connector. great. Yeah. yeah, it was so nice. Well, you spoke. I Like I said, I thought you did great. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> okay, what was your last meltdown? <laughs> you mean two days ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was everything at once happening. Um, so two days ago, I there was somebody in my life that I had had in my life for a long time, very close to, and it just, it was time to break those ties. It mm-hmm. just wasn't healthy for either of us anymore. So on top of that, um, and this person was very close to my family, my son. Mm -hmm. um, So that was the first, you know, trigger. From there, I had gotten accepted into a new apartment, which, I mean, I've been been at my place for seven years, a lot of memories, a lot of um, good and bad. And I didn't think it was going to happen so fast that I found a place and I filled out the application and it met all the requirements for the foster care uh, uh, requirement sheet. And it just happened like that. They told me, you know, as soon as I handed my paperwork in, they're like, let me run it. And they're like, yep, you're approved. So put out, put down a deposit and you can move in next week. And I'm like, 
oh, oh, okay. So then that was the second, you know, thing. And then the third thing was sitting down and really, once everything is happening, it's scary. It's good, but it's scary. So I think that I was like, well, what am I, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to be able to give my son enough attention? Like this is all happening so fast. So I've wanted this. Why do I feel, you know, anxious about it? Do I want to move out of this city because, you know, I'm moving closer to a school, but it's still 30 minutes away from L.A. I'm moving Mm -hmm. to Woodland Hills, and that's more like Calabasas, Malibu, like Mm -hmm. that way. So everything, and I was up till 6 Mm a.m., and I was so tired, but I couldn't sleep. My whole body was just replaying every situation and, you know, every experience I went through, the, the pros and the cons of moving, you know, even out of my own comfort zone. And I think that for me, I just started, I cried. I think I fell asleep at like 6 a.m. And when I'd woken up, I was so drained that I just started crying. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, you have to go through this. It's scary. It's I'm on my own, you know, regardless of what I do. And putting in the the notice to my landlord and, you know, telling my, my son's school that I'm moving closer, it just all needed to happen. Um, but I couldn't take it because I was so emotional. Plus I was on my period. So yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> that doesn't help doesn't either. Help, but yeah. yeah, that was a few days ago and I'm still adjusting because technically today I'm supposed to pick up the keys oh my for gosh. my new place. So uh-huh. like I said, it's just, I think having a good, what I manifested from that yeah. is allowing myself to get overwhelmed mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm tired of feeling like Supergirl. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of feeling like I have to always keep on you know, that this front and in front of my son, it's like, no, like my son needs to know that being vulnerable is okay. Yeah. And, and if I'm overwhelmed, like maybe child, you need to go in your room for a little bit yeah. or else you're going to feel the wrath. Yeah. Like just give mama some, some space. Yeah. So I think that that's the first thing that I needed to do was instead of filling it with bullshit and like going, you know, drinking or like hanging out with girlfriends, I actually sent a very vulnerable text to my friends. I'm like, my heart feels so heavy right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm hurting. And both of them were like, who is this? Like, who's who has Jess's phone? Because that's not like me. And I'm yeah. like, I just needed somebody to know that I was hurting yeah. and that I was scared. And I needed that kind of support rather than, girls, let's get fucked up tonight. Yeah, and totally. that, that the response coming back from my two girlfriends was so sweet. It made me feel so much better. And hopefully I will be able to go pick up the keys and do a little dance afterwards. So Yay! we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> Everything's falling into place. Yes. So everything good. that's meant to be. Yeah. And that's the thing is I have to allow myself to know that this is what's meant to be. Yeah. It might be scary, but no matter what, I still have a good support system behind me. Totally. And I feel like a lot of the emotion and the tears just kind of comes from leaving like the old version of you behind, 100%, which can be scary, but 100%. it's like the new version is going to be way more fulfilling for you. Yeah. And I think when we get older too, a lot of women start to worry, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I didn't think, because me, like I said, I'm going to be 34 next year. I thought that I'd be married. I thought that I would have more kids. I thought that my business would be, you know, X, Y, Z by now. There's so many things that I thought and expected. And so you start to really dwell on the things that you didn't accomplish, Mm -hmm. that it was taking away time and energy from me finding what really I was meant to do. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think that I was put here to do. When you allow yourself to be okay with the way that things didn't turn out, but the way that they did, I think then you start to accept like, wow, like I've done so much and I should be proud of that. Instead Mm -hmm. of I didn't do this, I should be proud of what I have done. And that's where I'm at right now. 100%. I love taking those like reflective moments. It's You just have to be really aware. That's the thing is a lot of people say like, oh, I want to be more spiritual and in tune. It's like, no, but you really have to want to. You have to listen to those signs. You have to. And you have to like take the second to like realize everything too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Love it. Oh, my God. Kiss of Tell everyone where we can find you. Everyone, you must go follow. You will be obsessed. You probably already follow her, but. I was going to say, I mean, like, I, the memes will never stop. No, you might see, either. like, some of the foster, you know, yeah. journey, but no, the memes will never yeah. stop. Um, so my Instagram is at Jessa Hinton, um, and me and my son will be starting a YouTube together stop. because. So cute. I really want to help show, like I said, show single women mm-hmm. that. You can have the coolest relationship with your kids if you just allow yourself to be okay with where you are at mm-hmm. um, in life and just being open with your children. They're so much smarter and cooler than you give them credit for. And and I think that by starting that with him, it will help women accept that it's cool to be a kick-ass mom yeah. and still have a business and need a glass of wine or two or seven, you yeah. know, once in a while. It's okay. <laughs> it so okay. when that starts, um, just on my Instagram, you'll be able to find the YouTube once I start it. Yay. Well, we love you so much. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you, you for just having like, me. Of course. I just love your soul. You're the best. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, everyone, go check out Jessa and we'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for being a chill Shocker Girl and tuning in to Shocker Girl Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can find more info on Chakras and on Amber Lee at theshockergirlco.com. And follow all the glam and grounded goodness on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at theshockergirlco. Amber Lee loves engaging with her listeners, so DM her anytime.